welcome to episode 203 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast, and the last one of the year. I'm your host, you, and joined today by my fellow gamers, Stephen. Hello. James. Hello. And for the final episode of this year, gracing us with his presence, Shannon. Hello. As we as we frown from Jamie's statistics today, I think this is the third time you've made an appearance on the Starcast, at least one that we've played what the wiki to, I suppose. Yep. But always <laughs> always a winner. <laughs> as I predicted. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be an interesting podcast this week, because not only are we going to talk about our uh, most anticipated games of next year, but we're also sweltering, uh, some, we're sweltering through some very intense conditions. Um, Stephen, whereabouts are you recording from right now? I'm recording from Adelaide, where it is currently 37, and it's like 8pm. It shouldn't be this hot at 8pm. <laughs> I specifically meant what room are you in, though. Oh, okay. I'm in the kitchen because I might die if I record in my He's in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, I just imagine you've it's got, like, like, the freezer propped open next to you. The Homer Simpson tent fridge. <laughs> At least you're close to the snacks and, and the water, maybe, yes, more importantly. the ice water right there. <laughs> How are you holding up in Western Australia, James? I'm fine. It's not as hot as it was the few, last few days. So. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of had all this weather a little later than you. I think it's yeah, like are your consoles holding up in up in the heat? Okay. Yes, but I've only been playing my Switch, so who oh, knows? Okay. My Xbox. Does that get hot up. in your hands on a forty degree day? I've, no, I've I don't. I don't actually. I don't play my Switch portably that much, so I wouldn't. Right. Know. Okay. You wouldn't. Sorry. Know. My phone was bloody melting in my pocket this morning um no, anyhow fine. let's let's crack on <laughs> with the show uh 2020 is looming uh, there's a bunch of games coming out that we already know of a couple of console launches as well but shannon what game are you most excited for in 2020 god it's a tough one there are a lot of games in the first like three or four months of the year we can we can sort of work through the short list if you like um Let's let's just start with the obvious one for both of us, you and I think The Last of Us Part Ooh, Two is yeah. definitely the one game that I just can't wait to get my hands on for a number of reasons. Mm. Cool. <laughs> Do you think it's? <laughs> That's not good. Um, Suddenly, it's revealed whilst uh, Shannon was on the episode because I needed someone else to back me up on The Last of Us. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think that is the one game that I just cannot wait to play on day one and just smash through. Hopefully, do you think it's going to be as good as the first one? Oh God, it's 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 tough. I think gameplay will definitely be better, and it'll obviously look better. But I just I don't know if the story is going to have that same impact. I just I still have no idea where they're going to go with it. What are you yeah. hoping for story wise? Are you? Ah, uh, it's a tough one. Um, I really didn't expect there to be much of a continuation. The first game felt like such a tight package and ended on on such a kind of bittersweet moment um, that. I didn't feel like I needed anything else. Um, that being said, Ellie is a really strong character, um, and I'm kind of fascinated about what her life might look like a few years down the line, because sure. obviously there's there's an element of a time jump, and I, I think that's in itself quite exciting. Um, but I remember at the time the first game came out and people sort of wrapped up the story, people immediately asked, okay, like, what's your plans for the next one? Are you going to revisit this world? And Neil Druckmann at the time, I felt sure, was like, um, look, we're not wedded to the idea. If we have, if we think of something compelling to tell story-wise, then we'll get around it. But we're not really kind of going out looking for that story necessarily. We're, we're going to let 
like let the ideas come to us and if something comes about that we're really excited to buy we'll get behind it um whether or not that really eventuated i'm not sure i'm sure they spend hours in a writing room kind of hashing out ideas yeah for sure um i'm also worried about like the darker gory tone of it like ali was just so innocent not worried but i just i don't know i guess dark and gory to begin with do you reckon like i guess ali herself was just so innocent and we got to see her progress mm. from I, I guess towards the end she was a little bit more brutal but like she's full blown like stabbing people in the eye in yeah this. it does it does look like it's gone up a level that's for sure but i guess you know within the world the longer the apocalypse goes on the kind of more dark and twisted people might become um, i think yeah sort of on that note i'm i hope that she doesn't become like go so far off the end of like brutality that, that you just can't relate anymore. I exactly, like that yeah. she was a relatable character to begin with. And if she's just gone so far off, I like, I lose interest in when people become like cruelly brutal when I well, can't Yeah, will you still care for her in good. the same way? That's what I wonder. Yeah. I think that could be something interesting thematically that they kind of play with. I mean, much in the way they did Joel in the first one. I'm, I'm kind of where I'm touching on spoilers here. If you've not mm. played it, I feel like here on the podcast, we've given you ample opportunity to play this damn game. Um, but yeah, there, there's kind of a journey for Joel, right? Where you kind of start to dislike him kind of more and more mm. as it goes and you kind of become Fair a bit cool. concerned about his motivations. And then he does make the final decision and you sort of are torn with whether you like him or not. Yeah, and that decision's taken away from you. Um, I think there's going to be certain things that they can't really rely on and they're going to have to reinvent um, a little bit. I hope they keep the sort of gameplay mechanic of Left Behind where you could kind of have the the infected kind of play off against the living. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting sort of element they, they added for that. Um, and I hope we see different kind of infected types as well. Um, as great as like the clickers and the bloaters and stuff are, I feel like we've had glimpses of them, but I would like to see more variation in the zombies, so to speak. So kind of introduce some new enemy types. Definitely. Um, yeah, and I hope they really nail that, the return of the clicker moment. I, I suspect they've got that under wraps. Um, For sure. James, you let out a groan when Shannon mentioned The Last of Us. Was no, I didn't. I said it was something cool. else that, that <laughs> takes your fancy? Um, I, Doom. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Doom, but now I'm just going to say Resident, Resident Evil. Evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just a cool, a nice... I didn't realise we had a release date for Resident Evil 3. It's out April, April 3rd, right? Yeah, it is. Um, sooner than we thought, I think, which is like has me mm. excited and scared. At the same time. Like, I know that they were made separately, but I don't know. So, is it a separate close. team? Make- I know you said they were working on, it, on them at the same time, but is it the same so team? Like, like, Capcom, like, made a new studio, like, secretly on the side when they started making 2. Okay. And right. they were working on 3 as well. Um, and then when 2 did really well, that main team, instead of doing whatever they were going to do, which I assume was, like, maybe DLC or something, they moved over to 3 as well. So, it's still, like, Capcom. Yeah. Um, and people from Platinum as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a different team for sure. So I don't really know how that will go. Um, would, would you be content with the same sort of treatment that Resident Evil 2 got, or would there be something kind of more you'd expect this time around? I think it's like a, it's such a different game. Um, like right. I think I'm, I might've said this last episode or the episode before. Is this um, a strategy game too? No. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. I, it's a, it's a much more, it's a little bit more actiony than the other ones. Um, it's a little bit more open in terms of the locations are a lot more outdoors outdoors as much. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited, I'm excited, but also a little bit nervous because it does seem a little bit soon. Um, But 
technically, I guess it's been in development longer than two now. So Yeah, I was going to say, if they've kind of been worked on at the same time, it's been Yeah, because they take place at the same time, like around the same time. So, like, it makes sense, I guess, if they were doing them together. Yeah, Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's, like, my really obvious pick. Um, Probably my, (laughs) my, like, least obvious pick or, like, my smaller pick would be probably No More Heroes 3. Oh, yeah. um, Which really wasn't on my radar. Uh, I liked Travis Strikes again, but I don't think a lot of people did. Mm. Um, but seeing that five-minute trailer that they put up for the, after the Game Awards finished was really cool. Like, just really, really, like, oozing with style and lots of, like, that kind of crazy Suda 51 stuff that I love about No More Heroes. So, mm. I'm just glad he got the money to make, like, a proper one as well. Yeah, yeah. It's they... Switch exclusive, isn't it, as well? As far as I think so, yeah. They haven't announced anything else, but typically they put it out on the consoles, like, a year after. Yeah. Because um, Travis Strikes Again is out on PS4 already in Japan. So. Okay. I, I yeah. love seeing something that seems to have like, such a strong cult following, kind of really given lease of life. I think that's that's a really cool thing to say. Um, gives me hope that maybe one day we'll see Mirror's Edge come back, but <laughs> we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one, James. <laughs> no. um, well, Shannon's kind of mentioned, uh, mentioned The Last of Us, and, and that's obviously one I'm most excited for. But Stephen, what's yours? I mean, yeah, kind of like James, I have an obvious and a slightly less obvious, but I think super obvious is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, mm. every every time they release a trailer, okay, no, whenever they release a trailer with actual new content, it's, like, really Never. exciting, but, like, <laughs> that Game Awards trailer is, like, cool, here's 15 seconds and, and Monk's, like, five minutes of stuff you've already seen. Awesome, It's thanks. still coming. Yeah, but, like... I don't know, I'm just always blown away with the detail of these characters that I've, you know, built up as mm. I was when I was playing this like gosh, is it like 10, 15 years ago, however long ago it was. Like these these characters and storylines are, you know, pretty important to to me and just seeing these realized in such a ridiculously, you know, high high graphical fidelity and the combat looks to be really I didn't play the most recent Final Fantasy, but apparently it's similar to that in the way the combat structured i'm really keen to just play through that storyline the whole you know screw the corporations i'm an eco-terrorist but like yeah in a new modern sort of style of game that just appeals to me so much mm. yeah i'm i'm keen for that one too just because I've, I've not had that connection with the series before like i, I played 15 obviously and um i've dabbled a bit in the um the, the tactics games Oh no! Was it tactics? No, Ring of Fates on the DS. Um, uh, yeah, but that's yeah. really my only kind of like touch touch points to the to the series. So I'm keen to play through this reimagining of of a classic. Um, I think uh, like, and experience it that way. It's like I played seven um, about three months ago, and obviously this is like the first part. Um, mm. And when I was playing seven um, on the PS4 or the Xbox, um, mm. the part the parts that are this part are pretty short-ish, like six to eight hours. Um, and I don't really know. That's like, I guess the only thing that I would worry about with this is like they're saying they've expanded it out a bit more. But I don't really know if it needs to be. I don't know if Steve agrees or not. No, I do because like, it's like fairly... Because I feel like it definitely drags. Super well-paced. Well, I, I thought it was super well-paced. Like I can think oh. of the heaps of different <laughs> things that happen during that time. It has been, you know, a couple of years since I played it. So maybe I'm yep. just looking back in rose-colored glasses. But like the events, just, there's just so many iconic events that happen before you leave Midgar. And I, don't know, I feel like that could make a, a fairly solid eight-hour game with modern sensibilities. But but do we think like, if... like they've said they reckon that each one's going to be as big as a, like a game? But mm. do you think that'll mm. be true? <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Like, 
I, I don't know. hope not. Like, I, that doesn't feel like it's very necessary. It's yeah, just weird I because hope they don't bloat it. Like this first part, there's no open world in this first part. If well, in terms of what was in the PS1 version, there's no open world. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they're going to somehow find mm-hmm. a way to add that into this when they expand it. Um, yeah, I'm really interested to see how they do it, but it's really annoying because they're not actually really showing anything that's new. Yeah, just, they like they are showing the same sections, the same battles over and over again, and it's coming out in like three months. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, so it's out the third of March, right? So just a month prior to yes. Resident Evil Three. Um, yeah, I feel like in kind of late January, February, we should sort of be kind of getting into the nitty gritty of that sort of stuff, right? We should have a pretty good handle going into it, how, what the new content looks like. Yeah, I, I like definitely have a feeling we'll be seeing more early next year. Hint, hint. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, um, it is weird that they're not showing, like, I don't, like, how, how different are the locations in this portion of the game? Like, is it all well, similar-ish? Well, everything we've seen is, has, like, a, like a, it, the exact same thing as in the original game. Like, there's nothing. Sure. Yeah. Like, but like, like I can I tell. Shannon, I'm sure me and Steve question, could look at that trail. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Shannon's Go. question more along the lines of, like, is the second environment you move to another kind of cityscape, or is it, you know, going to a jungle or something radically different? Well, no, nah, you go... Uh, don't you go to the, like, you go to the open world and then just different cities and stuff, right, Steve? Yeah, like, it's... Um, I can't remember. The... Well, I can't know, sort of, like, the old games, there was, you know, you'd have this sort of open world that's in air quotes, I guess. You just basically, there's cities on the map and you walk between them or like locations on the map and when you hit one, you'll just sort of go into a new, I don't know, section of the game, I guess. I guess Mm. like this first section, it has some fairly varied areas. You've got like, you know, the Shinra building, you've got the reactor, you've got the, you know, the more residential slums area. There's a lot that they could do to flesh each of those areas out. I just Uh hope they don't do it too much to the point where you're just kind of doing busy work. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I guess I, I guess if they can sort of reuse kind of certain environmental assets for certain areas, it might kind of speed the development mm. process up going down the line. Oh, gosh, um, they've had long enough. They don't need to reuse stuff. They've yeah, so much. Yeah. They've restarted <laughs> like twice, I think, though. <laughs> like to be fair, yeah. and changed teams. Yeah. Um, but um, we'll see. Well, we've we've mentioned a couple of the headliners. I feel there, but there's some notable uh, exceptions. Um, yeah. We, we didn't mention uh, Doom Eternal much, for instance, which is one that I'm super excited for. They got delayed into March next year. Um, Cyberpunk. Geez, what else? Uh, Cyberpunk, of course. Oh, gosh, yeah, yes. out in April. Um, Avengers. I would say, like, Doom, The Last of Us, and Cyberpunk, like, the three I'm most excited for. Probably not even just this year, but, like, or this coming year, but this generation. Um, I've been excited about those three games for years, so uh, really looking forward to seeing those come out. Um, yeah, Shannon, you mentioned Avengers there, out in out in May. Um, just, a, what, there's, like, a week or two years apart between them and yeah, The Last sure. of Us Part Two. Um, pretty mental. Minecraft I'm, Dungeons. I'm really keen uh, for Animal Dragon Crossing. Ball Z Kakarot as well, which comes out, I think, on the 17th of Jan. I don't oh, know yeah. if anyone else oh, yeah, is keen on that, but it's like the first open world action adventure type game since, like, I'm going to say, like, the portable games back in the day. I could be wrong. Mm. It's the first non fighting yeah. Dragon Ball Z game in ages. I feel like, yeah, we, we, if we, regardless of you growing up, we may have had a quiet this year, the year this year, but traditionally, like the last year of consoles tends to be yeah. pretty hectic. Like the last time this happened, what we had Bioshock Infinite, The Last of Us, and GTA Five, like all out in that same year, right? Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, like we've got Assassin's Creed Ragnarok on the cards for next year as well. Um, I'm going else through I this. I think list. Vampire Two, Ghost of Tsushima, Gods and Monsters. Masquerade looks pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, like Halo I, Infinite. Yeah, I'm all about Crystal Chronicles Cyclops HD two. remaster. Like that's what I'm living for. Mm, yeah. Oh, and that, that reminds me, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. That's another one I'm super that. stoked for. <laughs> mm. uh, out of everything we've mentioned, Ooh. I would not be surprised if that is the the best selling game of next year. What about SpongeBob? Um, you have Oh, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom rehydrated. How could I forget? <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> um, yeah, we what mentioned uh, Halo Infinite. If we go back to Doom. Yes, I feel like <laughs> we mentioned about Halo Infinite. Do you want to you want to talk about Doom? Tell me why excited no, about Doom, James. You you guys do it. It's, I just think it'll be fun and good. <laughs> yeah, Doom yeah. is really good fun. Like the demo I played was really good fun. The previous game was really good fun. I want to play more Doom, but yeah, Brody and I had an argument about this on a podcast episode not that long ago. Because um, I played it at PAX and had a ball. Like I love the kind of over the top arcadey shooter nature of it. Um, whereas I think that kind of irks him a bit. I don't think he likes kind of having to jump and double dash to get a, a bright green sort of power up. Um, oh, but come yeah, on, I just love that. It's like kind of no frills, just straight it's fun. It's just like it gives you so many options of how to like approach any situation every battle is a puzzle and i love that so much yeah yeah for sure and you've got to like kind of learn how to use the environment as well and you quickly find yourself in these arena settings that are just so well designed you kind of fall into them almost and then as you start engaging in the fight you're like oh no this is set up for this fight i i get this i get that i kind of have to jump between these platforms and use this portal here and yeah, I get so excited about all this stuff. I'm I'm super stoked. We obviously have the the PS5 and the uh, the X the Xbox. It's just called, I guess, the Xbox Series yes, X that's Xbox. coming out late late next year. Um, let's start with that because we had the Game Awards somewhat recently, and we talked about a a little bit next episode. But as oh, sorry, last episode. But as since then, like more information's kind of come out about it. Um, Shannon, if you're surviving the Wi-Fi issues that I think you're having. Um, What's your opinion on the the Xbox having having had a couple of weeks to sort of digest it? Um, yeah, I th- I think the name just being Xbox does make sense. Like I think it makes sense to start fresh. I just think it would have made more sense if we got to see the entire lineup of consoles together. Like obviously, like just mm. seeing Xbox Series X on itself, like people are just going to assume that's the console name, and it is still the console name. But it'd obviously make more sense if like. If there's a lower spec Xbox, will it just be called Xbox? Like everyone or seems to think it is. But what? I don't know why. Why would it be Series S though? Because wasn't that about it being like the slimmer console, like mm, mid gen iteration? That's what. I, I don't know. That's why I just S for streaming. If it's like a streaming only sort of one, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I still maybe think the name shit. is weird. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a weird way to sort of announce it by a sort of leading. Presumably with their their most premium option, right? That's what we're assuming the X is in line with their Xbox One X kind of branding. Um, it, I, I think James and I have been speaking as well. Like, I just I, I hate the idea of having two consoles at launch. Like, unless they go for the angle of like this other lower spec Xbox is just 1080p and it just does 1080p really well, and then this other one is the 4K, 120 frame per second. But if it's doing 4K as well, just at a lower just, just not as well. Like I, I, I just am really keen to see how they go with the lineup as a whole. I just yeah. think like I don't, I don't want there to be two. If 
they gimp everything to make sure it runs on the lowest one. Like, I just don't mm. see the point of doing mm. that again. And I understand the lowest one will still be better than, say, the other consoles or something. But I don't know. I just think that's a really stupid way. To, I just feel like with new hardware, like, we should just move on. Like, we don't have to worry about, you know, having a cheap option. Like, it's new tech. It's going to be expensive. That's just how it works. Like, Yeah, I, I agree. I think if they're going to do that, they should just have the first year of games run on the Xbox One and then when people are ready to upgrade for $800 or whatever it is, they can do that rather than just put a console out for the sake of it being two or $300 cheaper. Yeah, I don't know. I, Maybe I just hate that idea. It's like, interesting. Like, I was thinking of it, they kind of seem to be taking a leaf out of the Apple book having, like, a stand-in and a pro mm. model, but mm. that it doesn't quite work in the same way. Like, you know, the standard and pro iPhones are basically, you know, the same internally just with, you know, different cameras or different screen technologies. Like, this it's going to be... Do you want the rich person Xbox or the not rich person Xbox? Do you want the 4K Xbox, the 1080p Xbox? It's like all of these choices that we didn't used to have to make and a kind of hallmark of the console experience was not needing to make those choices and spend as much money as they're likely going to ask for a Series X. So, yeah, I mean, and, if I buy one, it will be a Series X, let's be honest. But, like, I don't know. It's It just seems to be taking away one of the best parts of console simplicity for the sake of having an expensive model that probably has a better profit margin. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the other complication, right? So the... To the people that, I mean, if we're struggling with it, to the people that aren't keeping up with it on a daily basis like we do, if they kind of go into your local JB Hi-Fi or EB Games come Christmas time looking for the new Xbox and they're presented with, what, three different SKUs maybe or two at least, like, that's just going to be confusing. It's, I mean, it's confusing as it is with the current lineup of Xboxes and Playstations having kind of slim and pro models. Um, I don't know if customers are, like, really kind of tuned into that yet i don't know if that's it also, the standard yeah it also like um like as an example for xbox 360 back in the day mm. you guys remember like there was the arcade sure. unit which mm. had like no hard oh, drive God, yeah and then yep. there was the the i think it was the called was it called the pro there was, there the was, elite, there was like the right? core elite, and the yeah. pro no, the elite the elite oh, came elite, out after it. right um yeah but anyway like but developers and stuff as an example like like i remember saints wrote the first one they wanted to add planes but they couldn't because they couldn't guarantee every single person had a hard drive in their console because the arcade unit existed and they had like 512 megs of memory card storage yeah or something and it was like yeah and like i just microsoft has done that like or before i just don't think they should do something like that again um yeah Uh, and like maybe even just do a shitty trade-in program or maybe just make every retailer have those those plans to get people in who can't afford it like outright like yeah i, just I was gonna sh- say because they set up the the xbox was it xbox access wasn't that subscription sort of model where you could pay yeah. 20 30 dollars a month and get live and gold i uh, sorry um games pass kind of bundled in as well they seem to be sort of pivoting to a way hey if you want to kind of get in from day one and not pay like everything up front but still have your premium model like there's an option for you to do that now um it seems like they were setting themselves up for that and then introducing different series is kind of seems to complicate it even more like we could get to a point where there's 20 different ways to buy an xbox um which you're right just seems a little unnecessarily complex um 
Yeah, it'd be interesting. I guess game developers, though, they've always had to kind of work with limitations. Like, even on PC, in, a, in your imagination can surpass what a PC is capable of generating at, at the time, given given the tech. Um, so I guess they've always had to work with hardware limitations and, and simplifying something so it works on a baseline model rather than a premium model is probably pretty standard practice. Like, if we're considering it going back to the 360 days, that's two generations they've been grappling with that thing now. Um, does a third generation really need to be any different? Um, it kind of worries me a little bit that, like, if you're looking at the PC comparison, I think what it is going to end up being is the developers will need to have, you know, they'll target the three, four, however many different SKUs, and they'll, you know, it'll be essentially like a PC game where you have, they'll just choose the graphic settings for each platform. But, like, I, f- I feel like one of the main advantages of consoles has been as that one standard piece of hardware has been out for long enough, they've worked out how to really just get every ounce of juice out of, say, the PS3. Mm. You wouldn't have imagined something like The Last of Us would run on the PS3 at launch because they didn't know how to develop for it. And similar for Xbox, they had a like a really good um, development of how much performance they're able to get out of that machine. But uh-huh. once you start introducing the, hey, do you want to just pay more money for a better console it means that developers aren't really able to squeeze that performance out of a particular skew and they'll have to they'll probably just you know just throw more money at it and then you'll be able to get more frames and it'll just kind of become more pc like mm. yeah it'll be interesting and of course the unknown in all of this too is what playstation does um xbox have kind of led the charge in talking about their new console um but where where PlayStation fit into all this remains to be seen. What do you think we'll hear from PlayStation in the next kind of six months, Shannon? Um, look, I I don't know. PlayStation also have a knack for just screwing things up when they're in unscrewable. <laughs> so I just they got I, the PS4 so right though. I know, but the the PS yeah, but that's the PS3 also, launch but that's was also awful. because the Xbox was so bad too. Yeah, that too. Like. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that that too. We've never really seen a generation in ages where like one of the three haven't screwed it up or two of the three haven't screwed it up. But I think if PlayStation is smart, they'll literally try and follow the model that they did when they launched the PS4 to a T. So that was, I think, announcing in Feb, which is good. And yeah. then I, I'd like to think they would do E3 again. Like, I, I don't think you can do a console launch and not be at E3. Like, it still is a very prominent thing as much as it has fallen in the last few years. And then mm. just launch in, in November, I guess. But I, I don't know. I couldn't see PlayStation doing a two-model thing like Xbox. So I think Xbox will probably be more powerful, but then the, the price will probably be like $100, $150, $200 more, which can be a lot of money to some people that are on the edge of which console to go with. But maybe I'm wrong. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I think there's like two things that they'll need to really push on is... Like the, I hope they don't follow the PS4 launch to a T. Hopefully, they launch with actual like good games and not just mm. like knack. Because that launch, the reason Kills I bought an Xbox One, is, <laughs> look, I, I bought an Xbox One at launch over a PS4 because there was nothing I wanted to play on PS4. I didn't. I waited till like Metal Gear came out before I got a PS4. But mm. I really hope. I don't know that they will. But the fact that we saw that PlayStation Now banner come up on the PS Store and then mysteriously disappear, mm. I really hope they just do that so that we have a game pass equivalent and xbox doesn't just have that as mm. a huge like draw card for its platform then just leaving playstation seeming kind of ancient in comparison yeah i, I totally yeah. agree 
I, I think PlayStation are in a really good position from a first party point of view. Like we literally haven't seen them announce anything in the last two years. Like we're just seeing games like Death Stranding, Ghost of Tsushima, and whatever else they launch <laughs> in the last twelve months. But they haven't really announced anything huge in ages. I can't even think of the last game they announced. To be honest. So I think we'll see games like Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I think like Spider-Man could be the next holiday after that. Maybe a new we Uncharted had, or something like, along those lines. Uh, yeah. Come back again with a Spider-Man Resistance. maybe. Ratchet and Resist- Clank. Oh gosh, <laughs> Resistance. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that could be cool. Um, yeah, I think like back to your sort of first question as well, Shan, the sort of differentiation between the two. I kind of see PlayStation sticking to their guns and saying, mm. you know, we're the sort of premium gaming experience and and we kind of charge maybe a premium for that, but we've got all these amazing first-party exclusives to back us up and, you know, this is where you come for those those experiences. Um, whether or not that makes sense, I, I, I don't know, but I can I kind of see them doubling down on that. Xbox are kind of leaning on that as well. I saw some of the messaging coming out of the Game Awards. It's like Xbox Series X or whatever they were calling it at the time is going to be the place for games and they really are distancing themselves from the, you know, this is a media box thing. Yeah. But like, mm. I don't think PlayStation are going to have, uh, you know, sole uh, ownership of the this is a box for games quote. Yeah, yeah. What about VR? Yeah, I was going to say that as well. That's oh, gosh, I really want it to play a factor. I, and I know Microsoft has said that like it's just not a, not a factor for their console whatsoever. And maybe that's an opportunity for, for PlayStation to differentiate themselves. But I just don't feel like they're talking enough about it at the moment to yeah. really signal that it's part of their strategy. I, um, I definitely think they'll, they'll do a new unit. And I think it will hopefully be wireless and like locally stream or something from the console. But I, I wonder yeah. if it's almost too risky to announce it and release it alongside the PS5. Like, it, it could be amazing, mm. but could it also just just put an extra chink in their chain that they don't need? If it was available at launch, though, maybe that's that's an edge that they have over Xbox. They I know, they but like, what if it doesn't work 100%? Or like, what if the game, yeah. like, it's just, it's risky. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good, that's an good point. That could be worrying. <laughs> Well, I guess we'll just have to see. Um, I, I was going to mention, sorry if it if you did have it as like a topic, but I was going to say that the back button thing that they announced today, like, do we think that will play into the PS5 as well? Oh, yeah, it's a, that's a good weird point. accessory. Um, a weird late accessory? Like, yeah. Yeah, the fact that it's so late makes me think, is this going to be like compatible with the PS5 controller? Mm. Is this going to be built into the PS5 controller? I don't know. Like, I, I have wanted them to do a, you know, whatever. The, what's the premium elite controller that Xbox does? I want a PS5 or PS4 version of that. Mm. And this this ain't it, but maybe it will be next time. I I think, uh, yeah, I think this will be like a feature that's built into the, the next generation controller. Um, and they're kind of backdating it in a way and adding it to the DualShock 4, maybe in preparation for, for being a bit of an overlap in games between the two consoles. Yeah. Um, do, do you think there's you'd use talk it of backwards compatibility? Like Fortnite, oh, Apex, COD. In my, in my elite plays on Call of Duty and Apex, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, 
yeah. Like it would have to be useful for like Fortnite building and that kind of thing, right? To have oh, for whatever sure. I've never are. used paddles, but from what I know, they're they're super useful. Um, at least from what I've heard. Um, mm. I'd I'd be keen to give it a go for sure. And I think the rumors were they would be like fifty bucks or something, right? Yeah, if that's 50. the case. That, that's that's cheap enough where I would I'd pick it up to experiment with it at the very least. Um, if they were like a hundred plus kind of accessory, probably not. Yeah, um, it's forty US dollars. That. Sorry. It's forty US dollars. Yeah, no. yeah. Okay. It's fifty I mean, Australian. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. If it was starting to push towards the price of another controller, I'd maybe be like, uh, but yeah, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'm going to give it all a go. Xbox One, Xbox whatever it's called, PS Five. I'll give it all a go. I'll give it all a shot. Um, but that's about all we have time for today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and all about about all we have time for in the year. Um, if you listened in the last episode, you know that we crowned James the uh, What the Wiki champion of the season. Um, we'll need to. I'll need to organize some sort of prize for you, James. Um, w- whether or not we save that for your visit out here or we send it to you in the mail, I don't know. But we'll, <laughs> Michael, we'll talk to your people. Um, but on the topic of What the Wiki, uh, we had the official What the Wiki keeper of the score at Jamie Penning over on Twitter write into us today and share some t- statistics from the season that uh, I thought would be funny to, to share with you guys today. Um, Shannon, if you remember on the 200th episode, uh, you won. And we yeah. questioned as to whether or not you had a hundred percent win rate um, in your appearances on the show. Um, mm-hmm. Would you believe that is in fact the case? You appeared appeared twice, and you won in both of those instances. So you have a hundred percent win percentage. So but both times, I was that right? right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. Maybe that's a that's an asterisk. That statistics, James wasn't there. <laughs> um, oh. Speaking of you, James, you had a win percentage of fifty five point five six percent. What's your, terrible. What's your reaction to that? I don't know. I just have some up, off days, I guess. <laughs> it, it surprised me. It was just low. I honestly, I honestly thought it would be higher than that. How what, many of those? Was what about I you, Ewan? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know what, though? So, I appear on the most, so my percentage is always going to be lower. That's wrong, James. I appear the most. I appeared <laughs> oh. 23 times and won only three times with that's a win shit. percentage of 13.04%. And I this reckon they were all Yeah, they were all games that were specifically tailored towards me, that's for sure. <laughs> um, Steven, where do you think you were at? I did mean, you know, did you have a look? I, I have had a look, and it makes me think that I really need to come on more often because apparently I do well when I'm on. Not Shannon well, but, you know, pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> well, ne- next to Shannon, who I will admit is somewhat of an outlier, you were, you were number one. You won seven times out of 11 appearances with a win percentage of 63.64%. That is pretty good. Which is pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, Brody also did quite well statistically, nine out of 15 times with a win rate of 60%. Um, explains why the competition was so so fierce between you and uh, Jay- you and Brody this year, James. Um, if only Brody was as committed to the cause as you are, good sir. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and with that let's bring an end to what was episode 203 and the year of the Starcast. subscribe to us on podcast one or the podcast service of your choice follow us at press.au join the conversation with hashtag the Starcast and visit the site at press.com.au we've been joined today by Shannon Thanks for having me. You can follow me at shankake underscore. I just actually checked that was right for the first time ever. Yeah. And it is. 
<laughs> I kind of like deliberately threw you a little bit under the bus by making you go first and seeing if you remembered what you needed to do at that moment. But you held up strong. Well done. Uh, we've also been joined today by Brody. Have we? No, we haven't. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sorry, I'm reading off an old script. We've also been joined today by Stephen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can find me on, I don't know, Instagram, Twitter, all those things, at Stephen Impson. Um, I don't know, follow me if you want to f- see my Spotify year-end playlist that I'm going to tweet out real soon. Oh, oh cool. i got to do that too. Yeah. yeah I'm rushing to get them in. Refresh the feed. <laughs> uh, we've also been joined today, and I hope they get this right, James. Yeah, that's me. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, at jams, A-T-J-A-M-Z I'm playing Resident Evil again <laughs> um, Surprise Feel free to, <laughs> no, just, feel free just to, to clarify, whenever these like this awkward <laughs> moments of silence There's something going on in our text chat And the message yeah. we got from Shannon just then Was that his dogs have just weed <laughs> So uh, yeah, fun times here in the Press Start Podcast Such a good update universe. Well. <laughs> And I've been your host, coming. Ewan Roxburgh You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram At Ewan underscore Roxburgh Look out for Press Start's Game of the Year posts Which are going to be coming out very, very soon. Brody's busy compiling all of our personal votes and putting that into Press Start's collective top 10 game of the year list. Um, that'll be exciting to see, no doubt. Uh, but until next time, until next year, happy gaming. See Bye. Ya. Bye, Brody. Like, what a way to end the year with Stan's <laughs> ping. <laughs> um, bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>